So if you're just joining us, this is our second week in our series called Relationships 101. Relationships are both some of the most incredible things in our life because we are made to be in relationship with God and with, with others, but they're also sometimes the most challenging. Last week we talked about communication. We talked about how difficult that can be. We talked about how Bernard, George Bernard Shaw says the most difficult or the most annoying thing about communication is that is making the mistake that it has actually happened. Right? We assume we've communicated with one another when we haven't. And so it requires us to, to think a little differently sometimes, to, to, to know that others don't think the same way that we do, that communication only happens when it's, when it's intentional, uh, and we need to be purposeful in that. Next week we're going to talk about, and I'm, this is just a warning shot again, next week we're going to talk about this three-letter word that starts with S and ends with X and has an E in the middle. Okay? So if you have... Uh, any, see, that took a second, but everybody got it, I think. So if you have anybody that you feel like shouldn't be here, that's fine. That's great. Um, I'm going to talk to Paula this week about having something for the fifth and sixth graders to do. Okay. That's, <laughs> we're going to talk. Well, see, we just talked about it right here. Communication just occurred right here. So we're going to do that. This week, though, we're talking about kindness. If I ask you what kindness looks like, what would you say? A smile? That right there is kindness? Okay, forget everything I said. We're going to talk to a, a, a scripture on humility. We're going to... All right, I'm kidding. So, uh-huh, and being honest, truthful, yes, we'll talk about that too. Hmm. So, let's, let's get back to the real issue, and we'll deal with Bill's later, his bigger problem. So, what does kindness look like to you? If I say kindness, what does that look like? Describe it. A smile. What? Giving. Okay. Holding the door open for somebody. That's great. That's awesome. What else? Gentle. Mm. Kind and gentle. Helpful. Okay. When we describe somebody as being kind... We talk about things like, you know, doing others, doing things for others, holding a door open for somebody, cleaning up somebody else's mess for them just to help them out, or sometimes it's just saying thank you, right? Uh, thank you is a lost art kind of in our world. We don't say thank you enough for those who do, who do wonderful things for us. Sometimes it's helping others get their work done, or sometimes kindness is volunteering to help those in need, right? We would call that kindness or comforting someone in their time of sadness or their time of grief. We would call that kindness, right? Compassion, care, concern for one another. And those things are all true. Those are all indicators or types of kindness, all true. But biblical kindness is actually that and then some. Let me show you some scriptures on kindness. The first one is this. It says, uh, it's Luke chapter 6, verse 35. It says, but love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. That's tough sometimes, right? Because I don't know about you, but when I do something nice for somebody, I sometimes can get offended if they don't say thank you, right? But that's not what we should expect. And it says, and your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for he himself is kind, to ungrateful and evil men. This biblical concept of kindness means that uh, kindness 
when it's God's demonstrated kindness, is kindness that doesn't, isn't done with the expectation of a response. It's done without strings. Kindness is genuine and open and expects absolutely nothing in return. That can be a challenge, especially when you're mad at somebody. It's kind of hard to be kind to somebody when you're angry with them. But God says it's got nothing to do with it. Kindness is part of who you are, expecting nothing. It can also be corrective. Uh, Psalm 141 verse 5 says, Let a righteous man strike me. It's a kindness. Let him rebuke me. It is oil on my head, and let my head not refuse it. I don't know about you, but righteous or not, when somebody strikes me, I don't view that as kindness. Right? I don't generally view that as kindness. That's a little problematic for me. But here, the psalmist says that. He says, look, I'm praying for that, God. I'm praying for you to to bring a righteous man to me who can knock some sense into me, who can remind me of who I am in you. We just sang that song, right? You 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 are who I say. I am who you say I am. That's it. I am who you say I am. But sometimes we all need to be reminded of that. And kindness, biblical kindness means being willing to say that to somebody that you know and that you love and that you care for and that you desire to see God, to know God and be in relationship with God. That's a kindness, although most of us and most of the time would not assume that it is. It is because we're being compassionate and caring and loving to one another. If I love you, I'm going to tell you if, I, if I'm concerned about you, right? Right? That's kindness. It's also purposeful. In Romans 2, chapter 4, Paul says, Or do you despise the riches of his kindness, restraint, and patience, not recognizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? It has a purpose. God's kindness is intended intended to help you recognize your mistakes and challenges, my mistakes and challenges. Goodness knows I got them, right? Right? Luckily, he's patient with us, right? Because I'm sure I've messed up probably in the last 45 minutes, I would guess. Maybe even since I stepped up here. Who knows? If you know me, my wife would say he probably has. But because of his patience and his kindness and his love, he's hoping to lead me toward repentance, lead me to turn to him because that's what repentance means, right? Lead me to to love him, to lean on him, to focus on him. That's a a kindness. His kindness is intended to lead us back to him. Uh, John Jorgensen would call that an Olympic-level kindness, right? Way beyond the kind of kindness we commonly think of. It's not just reaching out to people. It's not just being compassionate. It's not just holding a door or just saying thank you. Yes, it's all of those things. So I don't want you to hear anything other than that. It is that, but it's so much more. Biblical kindness is, is, an, is the capacity to reach into each other's lives because we love one another. That we are always cheering for each other. That we are always helping to help each other become our best. And that we are all hoping to be our best as we approach God. In the context of our relationships, the way we relate to one another. Can I just say, what if I challenged you and said that uh, I implied that kindness might be our greatest witness to each other? 
and in all of our relationships? What if our ability to be kind to one another is one of the most powerful witnesses we can offer the world? And I would agree it is. I would agree it is. Because I don't know about you, but the world is lacking a little bit of kindness. It's lacking a lot of kindness. If we can be that personification of God, God's kindness to help lead people back to him, what kind of difference does that make in your marriages or your relationship with your children or the people you work with or the people you walk to up on the street or the people you meet when you're going through the drive-thru at McDonald's? What kind of difference does that make? The answer is huge. Huge. Enormous. It is the core of much of our witness to the world. Because remember, we are witnessing to a group of people who do not know God, right? Many of the things as we come to know God that we begin to take for granted, they don't yet know. They know God from what they see in us. And kindness has got to be at the core of that. That's got to be a part of not just something we do, but who we are. So let's get into Paul's teaching in the book of Titus as he's talking to Titus about kindness and being kind to one another and some lessons as to what kindness can do and does do. So we've got Titus chapter 3, verses 4 through 8. It says, For we were once foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by various passions and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful, detesting one another. But when the kindness of God our Savior... And his love for mankind appeared, he saved us. Not by works of righteousness that we had done, but according to his mercy, through the washing of regeneration and the renewal of the Holy Spirit. He poured out his spirit on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that by having been justified by his grace, we may become heirs to the hope of eternal life. This saying is trustworthy. I want you to insist on these things so that those who have believed God might be careful to devote themselves to good works. These are good and profitable for everyone. Not just a few people, everyone, right? Everyone. So what does this scripture teach us about the, the kindness of God? Well, first, the, being kind, and, and it reflects self-awareness. It reflects that we know we are fallen and in need of God. John Bradford in the 16th century was, as he watched a group of prisoners being led to their execution, said, uh, there but for the grace of God go I. I say that often in my life. That, you know, I was talking to somebody this week about um, experiences in your life where things could have gone really, really, really bad. When I was a teenager, we called them near-death experiences. I made a lot of stupid calls as a teenager that only by the grace of God am I standing here today. I could be dead in a ditch. I could be in jail. All the above. There but for the grace of God go I. When we find a way to demonstrate godly kindness... It is honestly a stark reminder to ourselves that we too 
are fallen and broken. We too were enslaved to the things of this world. We too were deceived. We too were broken. We too, and still are healing, but we too were these things. It keep, it, we ourselves and uh, we see ourselves in others, and thus we offer greater patience and greater consideration and greater help. It allows us to see others through God's eyes because we recognize our fallenness. We recognize our brokenness. It'll soften your heart a little bit as you're responding to the people of the world, the people around you, especially those closest to you. Kindness requires and reflects self-awareness. The next is this. Kindness reflects an ongoing gratitude. The band Cinderella would have said, you don't know what you got till it's gone, Right? Keith, that was for you. That was all for you. Lecrae would say, life is a precious gift, a gift we often take for granted until it is threatened. Ongoing kindness reflects an understanding that none of what we have in Christ is a right. It is a privilege. Dave Wilkerson, who established a teen challenge in 1960, said, how quickly we forget God's great deliverances in our lives. How easily We take for granted the miracles he's performed in our past. Ongoing kindness reflects that salvation is an eternal gift. It never gets old or worn out and shouldn't be treated that way. It is an eternal gift. The gift that we have in Jesus Christ is not something that we just take, own, and say, awesome, I'm set, I can move on with everything else. It is an eternal gift and our capacity to open our hearts to be kind to those around us keeps us grounded. It helps us to remember and be grateful for what we have. Because I don't know about you, the longer I have something, the less grateful I become of it. It can happen in your faith too. Don't let that happen because the gift of salvation in Jesus Christ the greatest gift you could ever have. It doesn't go away. It doesn't wear out. But sometimes we need to remind ourselves of that. Kindness keeps us grounded in that. Kindness keeps us grateful. Kindness reminds us of who we are and the gift that we've been given. Kindness also reflects a renewal in the Holy Spirit, Galatians 6, 23-25 says, By the fruit of the Spirit, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The law is not against such things. Now, those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another or envying one another. Kindness reflects that we have been renewed by the Holy Spirit. It's listed by, as one of these gifts, right? One of the signs that the Spirit of God is working within us and through us, and it is transforming us and changing us and calling us to be something new. Kindness is a d- demonstration that that's there. Now, does that mean a fake kindness? I mean, look, we can all be fake kind. Can't you be fake kind? Be kind of nice to people where you go, hi, it's good to see you. When you say good to see you, do you really mean it? Or are you just being pleasant? I would call that 
shallow kindness, fake kindness. We ask somebody, how you doing? Do you really mean it? Do you want them to tell you? I had a friend once tell me when we started with a, a church we were working with in Minnesota, he goes, he offered to help me with something, and I said, yes, right? And I did that two or three times. He would offer to help, and I would say, yeah, sure, come on. About the third time, he goes, you know, in our culture, we're offering, expecting you to say no. You laugh because we offer to help people, and there's this little voice inside us that goes, man, I hope they say no. Right? Yes, totally true. But if we are demonstrating this biblical kindness, this fruit of the Spirit of God, right? That shouldn't be offered with the hope that they will say no. Kindness means we have the hope that they will say yes and we will have an opportunity to witness to them. Not of our strength, not of our works, not of our greatness, but of our God's and of our Savior's. That's kindness. So you can take this to the bank. If I offer to help you with something, you need to make me do it. (laughs) Because I still have that little voice sometimes that goes, I hope they say no. Right? But I don't want to have that voice. I want to be that person that just says, yes, if I'm offering to help, I hope you say yes, and I hope you let me help you. Why? Because my God is awesome, (laughs) and he is so kind and so patient, and he is so with me, and he has never left me. He is for me and not against me. All those words we just sang, he is all of those things. That's kindness. And when we are able to be that, we are reflecting that the Holy Spirit is moving within us. We are allowing him to move. We are getting out of his way and letting him take over. Because we do that sometimes, we fight him off. The next one is this, kindness reflects an eternal hope. Remember what Psalm 141 says. It says, let a righteous man strike me. It is a kindness. Let him rebuke me. It is oil on my head. Let my head not refuse it. Biblical kindness, when we reflect it, demonstrates that our hope is eternal. What does that mean? That means in the moment when somebody has hit me in the head, right? And my first response when somebody's hit me in the head is to do what? Hit them back, right? Or get angry with them or defensive with them, right? That's my first response. It's kind of this, oh, no, you didn't. But eternal kindness or my, keeping my hope eternal, recognizing that, that God is with me and always with me and always watching out for me and that whatever he puts in my way is an opportunity for me to grow in him. That's really hard to do, right? Especially when it hurts. But if my hope is eternal, and I am being kind to anyone and everyone in the midst of those things, what kind of witness does that provide? Right? I've moved, I am moved by people that I see in horrible, horrible situations that maintain the peace of God throughout all of it. How do you do that? The 
only way is to recognize that your hope is eternal. That the corporal things, the, the temporary things, the things that are just a moment in time that seem horrible in the moment, that's just temporary. Hard to keep it that way. Not going to tell you that's easy. But it is if we have an eternal hope. Right? If we have an eternal hope, whatever you're encountering now, though it hurts, is only temporary. And if we are demonstrating a renewal of the Holy Spirit, if we are demonstrating that we reflect that we have been offered eternal life, not temporary life, not momentary life, not in a pinch life, eternal all the time, all forever life, that we can be kind and hopeful and merciful and patient even in those difficult times because we have an eternal hope that comes through salvation in Jesus Christ. John talks about it in John chapter 4. It's actually Jesus talking to the woman at the well, and he says, everyone who drinks of this water, meaning this temporary water, this temporary refreshment in your life, will be thirsty again. For some of us, that's drugs. For some of us, that's a relationship. For some of us, that's, it's all temporary. Every last bit of it is temporary, right? And yet Jesus says, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. I love that term, welling up. It's kind of just, it's, it's gurgling to the top. It's overflowing and it's spilling out, right? My cup runneth over is what I see. It's the vision I get when I think of that term. If, if, if the Spirit of God, if I'm allowing to, it to really well up within me and really grow me and really change me and really fill me up, with his mercy, his kindness, his love, his patience, all of those things, should it not spill over on everybody else around me and get you all wet, right? With living water. The kindness of God, we are exhibiting that. It reflects his eternal hope. It reflects that our God is present and strong even in the midst of the struggle. It reflects that this is only a moment in time when eternity is at stake. And God will not leave us. He will not forsake us. And he will always walk with us. Right? Finally, biblical kindness reflects God himself to the world. When we are kind to each other, that is an opportunity for God to show up. As an opportunity for the person that we're dealing with, if even if it's in an argument, especially if it's in an argument or a difficult time, if you can be kind in the midst of that, talk about a striking witness. When somebody runs over, or not runs over you, that'd be bad. When somebody runs into your car, do you get out and light them up? <laughs> Justin. <laughs> I understand the urge, man. I totally get it. 
Do you get out and light them up? Or do you get out and the first thing you say is, are you okay? Mental note, that's okay. I'm with you. The first thing you say is, are you okay? There's a difference there. Talk about a witness, right? Talk about a witness for who you are, that you have been renewed, that you have been changed, that you have become what God desires you to continue to become, right? There's a movement, don't get me wrong, I don't ever want to give you the impression that you've got it all down and you are all perfect. I've only met one perfect Christian, I made a mistake this morning, all over. Did you get that joke? You missed it? No such thing. We are all on a journey. We are all moving forward to God, with God. But our ability to be kind in, the, in difficult situations, to be kind where others will not be, because remember, the world is lacking that. To be kind, to point others towards God, to remind them of the love that only comes through him and that will wash us and clean us and save us and strengthen us and empower us and all of those things. If we can be that in the midst of our difficulty, holy cow, what a witness to the power of the Spirit of God. Right? That is one of our greatest opportunities to be a witness in the world. And when we talk about relevance in our world, that's really a lot of what we're talking about. We're talking about the willingness to go above and beyond, the willingness to be that difference maker in the way of kindness, to reach out physically or financially or whatever that is, to reflect the presence of God in this world because it's his kindness and his mercy that have saved us, right? It's his kindness and his mercy that have given us an opportunity to turn to him. And if we are kind and merciful, we want that same opportunity for everyone else. I got a lot of work to do this week. So, as we, we, we finish our service here with a commitment to pray for one another. So I have some people I asked this morning to be prayer warriors today, and I hope that they will come forward as, as we all stand, because it's less awkward if everybody stands, right? It is, totally is. So we've got some prayer warriors that are going to come forward, and what they're going to do is they are going to be up here ready for you to come forward, and they will pray with you if that's what you wish. If you need a private time of prayer, they will lay hands on you, and they will pray with you, and they will focus and try to help you focus on the things of God and healing that you need in your life. If you'd rather pray in your seats, that's okay too. But in the meantime, Shirley will play some music to kind of set the mood, and I will read some of the public prayers we took this morning, and there are a number of them. And I want to make sure that we cover all of those things to hear the, the, the cries of our hearts and allow us to pray for one another. First is this. I was giving Justin some difficulty before, but uh, we were asking for prayers that, of peace and prayers of good results. He's got some follow-up tests this week, right? Two weeks to some things they found in his, in his physical last week with his heart. He's going to a cardiologist, and we want to pray for healing. We want it to pray to be nothing, right? We want to pray for it to be nothing. We want to pray for Randy McCauley. Tomorrow he's having his rotator cuff surgery. We pray for fast, fast healing. We pray for a miracle, right? 
I'll, I'll pray for it. I know, or I know a guy who can do that. His name's God, right? We pray for the, the family of, of Driston Turner. You know, Dana, Dana Fullerton's grandson. We, many of us know Dana and Brian. And can, I just, can I just say a little bit of kindness in our world would go a long way to helping so many of our kids that feel like they've got no other option to realize that they are in fact loved. They are loved by a grand eternal God who is and was and always will be and has called them and named them to be something amazing. Do not let the lies of this world tell you otherwise. Do not let Satan do that. Follow Priscilla Schreier's example and say, get out. Tell Satan to go away and stop messing with your joy because God has made you in his image. God loves you beyond anything you could recognize. Do not let Satan tell you that. And if you're having those thoughts or those challenges or those difficulties, I would love to talk to you. Tracy, one of our counselors, would love to talk to you. Honestly, anybody in this church would talk to you and pray for you and with you and love you because we want you to know you're loved, okay? We have a prayer today for um, Melvin Hunter. Uh, his, it's one of Rich's fishing buddies. Uh, his wife passed away on Friday morning due to a heart attack. Her name was Brandy. We know how hard loss can be. Uh, we pray for peace for that family. We pray today for Marvin Swanger. He's, he's a bit discouraged. He has some decisions to make about a new treatment. We, many of us know the troubles, he struggles he's had with cancer, and, and he's got some tough decisions to make, and we pray for peace in those decisions. Pray for strength in those decisions. Pray for Rita Helmendaller. This Thursday, she's having a kidney stone removed. She's been waiting a long time for this. We pray it will go well. She's on blood thinner, so we pray that there won't be a problem there, that that will heal quickly. Then we like to pray for Tracy's niece, Ari Dudicum. Their baby has stopped breathing, or she has stopped breathing at times. We pray for her. We pray for her parents who need to come to know the Lord. We pray that in the midst of all this, that they will see that our God is eternal, that our God desires for them to come to know him. Ken and Jim Thornburg has brought us a, a prayer from Ken and Debbie Walters. Uh, their, his, brother-in-law, his brother-in-law's mother, Phyllis, passed away last night. We pray for peace in that, the challenge that that faces, that family must face. Uh, Heather Reister has, a, it's a, has breast cancer. Melanie Easton brought that prayer to us. It is moved to her brain. She has two young children. Pray for that family. Pray for those kids. Pray for them to know they are loved in the midst of all of this, that they are cared for. We pray for Scott Easton's mom, who's battling pain. She has a cyst on her spine. We pray that 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 will be healed, that the pain will go away, that the doctors will know what to do, or better yet, that the great physician will know what to do and do it. We pray for Garth's family. 
you've met Garth, he's a wonderful young man who's begun to attend our church, and we are so happy to have him here. His stepfather, the man who really raised him, passed away in Jamaica a couple of weeks ago. He will be traveling down soon for the services. We pray for safe travel. We pray for the impact that has on their family because it's, it's, it's hard on him and on his mom and on his brothers and sisters because, as I said, this was really the man that raised him. Father God, we are in a hurting world, a world where seemingly humanity has lost its ability to be kind to each other, to love one another, to reach out to one another, to be strong for one another, to remind one another that they have been created in the image of God by you and for you. Lord, I pray that we will have opportunity this week to be that hope, to be just a little piece of that that great kindness that comes from you, that we will allow the Holy Spirit to transform, to reach down within us and, and turn off those little voices that keep us from being as kind as you would desire us to be. We pray that we will be merciful and patient that we will be able to see others the way you see them. We remain grateful for the gift that you have given us. Father, you've heard our cries today of all the, all the people on our prayer list, so many health concerns and challenges and families that have lost loved ones, and that is heartbreaking in the moment. It is heartbreaking. Would never try to minimize that. It hurts. And we are left wondering and we are left confused and sometimes lost. God, I pray that we will be people of eternal hope. That we will be people that are able to see you and touch others in your name to give some of that hope that we will be your witnesses in the world in the midst of these, this turmoil, even our, our own turmoil, that we will be witnesses to one another in our relationships. We will learn to be kind to one another in all things. Father God, we are all a work in progress, but we know, we know that you are with us, that you define who we are rather than the world, that when we face you and we turn to you when we walk with you and we allow you to change us and move us, Incredible things can happen. I can't help but think that there are a few here today that really need to hear that, that need to hear they are loved, that need to hear that God desires mercy for them. He's patiently waiting for them and wants them to turn to him to know the peace that only comes through Jesus Christ. God, we thank you. We are humbled that you call us your children. We are thankful for your strength, your mercy, and your grace. It is in Jesus' holy name that we pray. Amen.
May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. If you would like prayers in this moment, our prayer warriors will be up here for a couple extra minutes in case you'd like to pray with them. If you want to pray with us, please do. If you just want to know how to get involved with what God is doing here, please talk and let us know. Thank you.